Well, last week we started on the subject called overcoming the powers of darkness. You know, there is so many things that are happening. There's a lot of evil that is prevalent in the world. And the worst thing that is happening right now and has put all people in fear is COVID. People are reeling under the pressure of this and are living in fear and trepidation. Now listen. The Bible talks about, in Revelation chapter 12, verse 12, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. The devil knows he has got only a short time, and he has come down with great wrath. There is increase and multiplication of evil deeds because he knows that his time is short. The time is getting shorter and he's getting angrier and visiting the wrath on mankind. So as the enemy comes to strike the earth and cause pain, death, sickness, defeat, manifest in people's life, do we have a way out? Are we just like anybody else in the world? I want to point out something to you. When you become a child of God, you have entered into a covenant with God. God always dealt with man through covenants. And we have to realize that when the children of Israel were in the covenant with God, God protected them from all kinds of the enemy's attacks and all kinds of evil and also provided for them in places where there was no provision. Say amen somebody. Amen. That means when you enter into a covenant relationship with God, you're entering into a supernatural life. Entering into a supernatural lifestyle. That means you don't have to fear that what others are experiencing, you will experience. When there is lack outside there, you don't have to face lack and experience lack. When there is sickness and death out there, it does not mean that you will also experience the same because you have the supernatural covering of God and the covenant of God that will keep you with and bless you and make provision for you no matter what is happening around you. We have to be a people that know our covenant with God. We cannot continue to afford to live just a religious life. It's got to be a life of relationship with God where we know our God and we know our covenant rights. Hallelujah. And also our covenant responsibilities. You can't be living a casual religious Christian life and expect the miraculous to manifest in your life. It's impossible. But if... But God is a God who turns the impossible into possible. And so if I know how to connect with God and live this life with Jesus and with the help of the Holy Spirit who resides in us, He will take us through a field filled with mines but making sure that you will never put your foot on a mine. He led them, the Bible says, to the wilderness where no man had ever gone through. Where there was no way, God made a way. In the wilderness. 
So your experience will not be the same as the one that is in the world. Your experience will be very different. And remember, you are very special in the eyes of God. Hallelujah. He has a specific plan and a specific purpose for your life. So he will lead you and guide you. He said, I will teach you to profit and lead you in the way that you should go. Not just when the economic conditions are good and right in the country. It doesn't matter how it is. God can and God will lead us in the way and the path of righteousness, in the path of prosperity, in the path of protection, and the path of blessing. But this will happen when I become aware of my covenant rights in God and my covenant responsibilities. He's reminding us something in the book of Jeremiah. Go to Jeremiah chapter 2, please. It says, Neither said they, Where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, that led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and of pits. What? He led them through a land of deserts and pits, through a land of drought and a shadow of death, through a land that no man passed through and there, where no man dwelt. And I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. Watch this. He led them in a pathway that no man had gone. He led them where no man ever dwelt. He led them to the true lands of drought. He led them through the shadow of death. Wait a minute. Did anybody die? No. Unless they sinned. Were they, were they lacking because it was, there was drought in the land? No. They were provided for every day. They, they had everything that they required and needed as they went on the path that God had for them. Child of God, I want to remind you, as you remain faithful in God, as you continue in, your, in developing your relationship with God, as you continue to grow in your faith and the awareness of the covenant rights and responsibilities you have, you don't have to fear anything that is happening around you. My assignment today is to make you understand that you are special. My assignment today is to make sure you understand that you don't have to live in the fear of COVID. You don't have to live in the fear of the enemy. Don't highlight the enemy's power. Don't glorify the devil. Don't glorify the COVID. The more you talk about something or somebody, you glorify that thing or that person. So don't talk about COVID. Talk about God. Talk about his power. Talk about his promises. Talk about what he has done in the past. Because as you talk about and rehearse what God has done, your faith will rise. That's why it's so important to read about what God has done in people's lives in, in the past. Because if God has done it in the past, He will do it right now. There were plagues in the land of Egypt, but none of those plagues were able or, or permitted to touch the children of Israel. Let me remind you this morning, COVID does not have the right to touch you. We got to live in that faith, but faith cometh as you listen to the word of God. And as you listen to what God has done in the past, something will begin to happen to you as you believe in him and the power of his word. You'll become stronger in God and you'll become bolder in God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. You see, when you are full of the Holy Ghost, when you're full of the Word, the devil can tell. I said, the devil can tell. That's why it said on Friday, I said, when Jesus was walking down the road, sometimes the devils would manifest and said, what have we got to do with you, son of God? Jesus never declared to the devils, I'm a son of God. 
But the devils knew. They know your level of faith. They know if you're strong in the Lord or not. You can fake faith. And you can impress people by the number of scriptures you can quote. And being very, and, and giving the impression that you're a very prayerful person. And you're always singing. But when any, any danger comes, you're running for shelter. When danger comes, you're panic, your prayers are all panic prayers. There is no faith, there is no strength, there is no boldness. Faith is exhibited through boldness. You stand against the enemy and you don't back off. You call him and you call the shots. Jesus got up out of, out of sleep on the boat. He saw the storm that the devil had brought about to kill all the disciples along with Jesus. Jesus was not perturbed. Jesus was bold. He stood up and said, be still. He rebuked it. That's called boldness. And that does not happen automatically. It happens as you build your relationship with God, build your knowledge in the Word of God, build your faith in the Word of God. So this is very important and very essential. That you from right now, I want to warn every one of us that we cannot continue to live a casual religious Christian life. You have to become serious about your relationship with God. I said, you've got to become serious about your relationship with God. You know, you can be a married couple. You can be living along. You can be living in life. And, you, and things can be going along in a pretty okay way. But then things start falling apart. You can't just walk along in life and say, hopefully something good will happen. No, you have to intentionally work on building that relationship to restore that marriage. And... How does it start? Somebody has to say, I'm sorry. Amen? What's that called? Repentance. No relationship can grow stronger without the realization that you need to say something to build that relationship. Amen? I said, Amen. So remember, because they were covenant people, God protected them and led them through the wilderness into the promised land. Say amen. So we got to know that, yes, the children of Israel were people with a covenant. How about you and I? Go to Ephesians chapter 2, please. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Therefore remember that formerly you were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who were called themselves the circumcision which is done in the body by human hands. Wait a minute. Remember that formerly you were what? Say it louder. Say it again. Gentiles are people who do not know their God. The true living God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are Gentiles are people outside the covenant. The children of Israel were covenant people. And the covenant, the sign of the covenant was circumcision. And so the Gentiles were uncircumcised. That is a picture of those that were outside the covenant. Okay? All right. Remember that at that time, which time? When you were Gentiles, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of promise. You are foreigners to the covenants of promise without hope and without God in this world. 
What was our condition? Let me read that again. That in times, at that time, you were separate from Christ. There was no relationship with Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship of Israel, which means God's people. And you are foreigners to covenants. That means you had no relationship with the covenant of promise. You were without hope and without God in this world. Hopeless, helpless, despondent, no future. Hopeless. But, hallelujah to verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. I said shout hallelujah. Now in Christ Jesus, who you who once were far away have been brought near by what? By the blood of Jesus. Somebody shout blood of Christ. Come on, shout blood of Jesus. Say it again, blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus has brought us back, brought people into the family of God. And it is the blood of Jesus that has established a covenant between you and God. And between me and God. We are now people with a covenant. We were outside the covenant. We were outside the promises. But now, but now, through the blood of Jesus, we've been brought into the covenant and we have the promises of God. Shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. The promise of the blood. The blood is our protection. The blood is a weapon. The word is a weapon. Somebody say amen. amen. Listen friends. <clears throat> The promises of God are not just, what should I say, just some, something written for us to read and go, wow. The promises are loaded with power. I said, the promises are loaded with power. I was listening to a gentleman who said, there are 7,487 promises in the Bible. Did you get that? 7,487 promises, and all of them belong to us. Hallelujah to Jesus. And here we are struggling, suffering, living in fear, living in lack, afraid of tomorrow. With 7,487 promises that cover all areas of life. That shows how blinded we are how ignorant we are, and how religious we are. If only we know the power of the promises of God, and we begin to apply the promises, we can live in victory. A man of God once, a pastor, once invited an evangelist to his church. And this evangelist was very strong in his faith in the promises of God. So when he arrived and knocked on the door, the pastor said, oh, you've arrived? Let's go. He said, let's go where? He said, we've got to go to the mental asylum. He said, what? Is this the way you treat all your evangelists? As soon as they come, you take them to the mental asylum? He just laughed and said, no. You know what happened? The leader of my prayer group, who's a woman, has been abused and harassed by her husband to the point she was a, she's a great lady, wonderful woman of God, but she was so abused and harassed by the husband, she cracked. And so she's gone crazy. They have put her in the mental asylum. So we got to go. So they go to the asylum, and uh, by God's grace, the, the authorities permit him and the pastor to go visit them, visit this lady, who is an elderly woman. <clears throat> and uh, 
they tell them it's five minutes. And then they say, nothing religious. Don't say or do anything religious. So this evangelist looked at them and just smiled. He never said yes or no. He just smiled. And uh, they put him in the room and they left. They said, in five minutes, we're going to come back. And so the evangelist said to the pastor, we don't have much time. Let's do this. He said, when the devil came to attack Jesus, what did Jesus do? He said, it is written. Right? It is written. What is written? The promise. So he said, he looked at the woman. She was not comprehending anything. She was looking into the blank. She was looking blank and looking up to the sky or to the roof. And uh, it didn't seem like she heard anything or she understood anything. But the man says, even though people are like that, your, the spirit of the person will hear. So he began to speak very quickly. He said, it is written, you are a child of God. It is written, God has given us the power. It is written. And he kept on speaking promise upon promise, saying, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. And then they looked at their watch, and it was only half a minute left. And suddenly, both of them burst into tongues without telling each other that let's pray in tongues. They just burst out, and they started praying aloud, so loudly that immediately they opened the doors, came in, took them by the hand, and pulled them out of the room and pushed them out of the asylum. They didn't know what happened. That evening, the lady went, had a shower, dressed up, walked to the office and said, I don't need to be here anymore. People of God, you and I have to learn to speak the promises of God over our life. That's why we're not just mouthing words when we say, no evil shall befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. It is written. Say it. It is written. That's what you've got to say. Stand in front of your house, the door, the gate, whatever it is, and say, it is written. No evil shall befall me, neither shall it come nigh my dwelling. COVID, are you listening? Devil, are you listening? You have no right. It is written. I'm not just saying it because I feel good about it. It is written in heaven. And he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but not my word. I want to encourage you from this morning not to take it lightly, but whatever we put out for free, take that confession of, about COVID and speak it aloud and say, it is written. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. It is written. So I'm not going to give in. I don't know. You might have had the experience. I, I'm not judging anybody, but I'm saying the devil does not have the right to inflict me with that sickness. Say amen, somebody. You and I are a people of the covenant. And everything in the Bible that God has given us in his word belongs to us. Hallelujah. Child of God, it doesn't matter what your age is. Nobody can protect you like God protects you. No vaccine can protect you like God's word. No medication can heal like God's word. By that, I'm not saying don't take medication. I'm not saying anything about vaccination. I'm saying our faith should be in the word. 
I said our faith should be established in the word. That's why meditate the word. Listen to the word. You know what I preached on Friday? And we will continue on that. <clears throat> but I want you to take that. Because I prayed for people that have COVID. And are being harassed by COVID. Send it to your friends. Send it to your relatives. It's, being, it's a free download for anybody and everybody that wants it. But let them listen to it. Let them be set free. Let them be healed. Because God wants us to be healed. And live a healthy life. God does not want us to be harassed by COVID. Or COVID kill us. No devil is more powerful than my Jesus. And every devil has been defeated and has been put under his feet. In Jesus' name we thank God. Hallelujah. Child of God, you've got to know who you are. Not only, see, number one, you need to know you have a covenant with God. Then you, know, you need to know who God says you are. Because if you don't know who, you, who God says you are, you will always think low of yourself. And also believe that that is humility. That's false humility. What does the Bible say? Go to, just want to show you a few, few scriptures. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. Say, I'm an overcomer. Say, I'm an overcomer. Come on, say it again. Say it louder. I am an overcomer. Say it with some gut. Come on. Say it like you mean I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. Whosoever, whatsoever is born of God is an, uh, overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. You can never overcome the enemy without faith. It is our faith in God. It's our faith in His Word that equips us and strengthens us to rise above our challenges and to overcome them and live in victory. You are designed, you are made, you are shaped to live in victory. Once you're born again, you have the DNA of God. Hallelujah. God's Word says, ye are gods with a small g. Amen? That means God expects us to realize who we are, not just mentally, but become aware of it in our spirit. Yes, I belong to God. And everything that God has, He has given me access to it. That I can begin to live the life of an overcomer. Say Amen. amen. Do not forget your identity in Christ. Today, there's an identity crisis in the body of Christ. They don't know who they are. They listen to them praying. They pray like beggars. They don't know how to approach God in prayer. They don't know how to apply the blood. They don't know. They're ignorant. We've got to begin to understand who we are what, as, as, uh, you know, according to the word of God. Our ignorance can kill us. The Bible says you are a son of God. What does it say? Say it louder. Come on, say it again. You know, we can say it and we can say it from our mind and our mouth. But that truth has to settle in our hearts. I am a son of God. Hallelujah. I am a son of God. Look at chapter five, uh, same chapter, verse 19. And we know that we are of God. Are you of God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm born of God. I know I, I am of God. And 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 says, Beloved, now are we the what? The sons of God. Now are we the sons of God, not after we die and go to heaven, okay? And 1 John chapter 4 verse 4 says, Greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. Come on, 
that's what you got to do when you go into his presence in prayer sit down there are times you talk and there are times you just wait and when you're waiting on the lord let's pour these scriptures through our mind let's meditate on those words i am a child of god i am a son of god greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world the greater one give him the freedom to express himself through you let him be able to flow through you let not your unbelief let not your doubt stop his flow stop his life flowing through you but believe begin to meditate so that all the obstacles all the obstruction may be removed may be removed and faith begins to grow and his life begins to proceed to flow out of you amen hallelujah greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world and right now the greater one is inside you and is greater than COVID come on amen it's greater than COVID glory be to God you got you know some some of you that are listening to me whether you're here in person or you're watching my live stream might be thinking this guy has gone crazy now I'm not talking science here I'm talking God I'm talking the Word of God and I know God is the most powerful hallelujah glory be to God we are born of God and we know that God is with us and he has designed us and equipped us to become overcomers the wickedness in this world does not have any hold over you why because you're a child of God in spite of all the evil around us we will triumph because the greater one lives inside us no witchcraft no divination no enchantment no sorcery no plague no pestilence has any power over you because you're a child of god go to numbers chapter 23 please numbers chapter 23 and verse 22 here was this guy hired to curse israel and look what he says he opens his mouth to curse but look what comes out of his mouth God brought them out of Egypt he had as it were the strength of a unicorn he's talking about Israel he says this nation is like a wild ox who they're full of power and this is what he discerns he says surely there is no enchantment against Jacob that means no sorcery will work no enchantment will work neither is there any divination against Israel there's nothing no nothing that can work against the son the, uh, against Israel or Jacob hallelujah no weapon fashioned against you shall say it say it again no weapon fashioned against me shall prosper say it it is written I said it is written no evil shall befall me no weapon fashioned against me shall prosper that's what this is this verse is saying no black magic no voodoo no sorcery no tarot card reading no horoscopes no palmistry nothing no matter what people do what people try through the demonic kingdom nothing shall by any means hurt you nothing shall by any means hurt no weapon fashioned against me shall prosper name that sickness that is attacking you say you are finished in Jesus name this weapon of the devil cannot dominate my body I crush it under the feet of my Lord Jesus Christ I apply the blood I plead the blood of Jesus 
And I thank God for the healing that God has provided. No incantation, no enchantment, no divination, nothing shall prevail against Israel or against God's people. Why? Because we have a covenant. Friend, what gives you this understanding is knowledge. We need knowledge of the revelation, knowledge of the Word of God. We don't need nice sermons. We don't need another speech. We need revelation. Amen? Look, knowledge imparts strength and confidence. As a revelation comes, it gives you strength and confidence. You know my story as how I was a chronic asthma patient and high-powered medication. But as the word came, knowledge came. Knowledge gave me strength and confidence to the point that one day I said to God, Lord, the next time I have a bout of asthma, I'm not taking any medication. Nobody told me to do that. Nobody said you should stop taking medication. But the word, as it became alive in me, it built confidence and gave me the strength and the boldness to say, enough is enough. Back off, you dirty devil. Enough is enough. That gave me the strength to say, no more. Lord, I'm going to stand on your word, and I will not touch medication for this situation. What happened? Knowledge gave me the strength and the confidence. That's why it is so important, child of God, that we cannot be negligent about the word. We cannot be negligent about listening and hearing the word because as you listen to and hear the word, faith cometh. That strength is built in you. That confidence is built in you because light begins to shine. As the word enters, the word shines. It brings light and that light gives strength. It gives confidence. It gives boldness and it gives revelation to the point you say, wow, hallelujah. Now I am not afraid of this. That's the reason why David could say, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will not fear. That is a bold statement. It's not just mounting some nice flowery words. It was an experience. He experienced God. That's why our walk with God has to be an experiential walk with God. Not just a theoretical one, nor a theological one alone. It has to be experiential. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. My people are destroyed for what? Say it again. Lack of what? Not lack of power. You lack power because you lack knowledge. You live in lack because you lack knowledge. Until I had a revelation and understanding of the power of sowing and reaping, I always struggled financially. But when I received knowledge, it gave me confidence, it gave me boldness, it gave me strength to stand up and say, yes, this word will work and Poverty and I are divorced forever in life. That boldness came in because word came, knowledge came, revelation came. But it came only as I listened to the word, as I read the word, as I studied the scriptures. And I intentionally spent time in the word. Not religiously. Oh, today I have not read my two chapters, so I'm just, just reading so I can finish off those two chapters and say, I've done my job and walk away. No. You got to sit down. You're dealing with God. The Word is God. 
You're dealing with God. God, when you're praying, you're praying to God. You're praying to a person. Take the time. Sit down. Let the word come alive. Let light shine as you read. Let revelation pour. Because as knowledge comes, strength comes. As knowledge comes, revelation comes. Confidence grows. And that confidence is what will give you the boldness to say, COVID, you can touch anybody, but you can't touch me. You can't touch my family. You can't touch my loved ones. No way. Because I have put a bloodline around my family. The blood of Jesus. That boldness is not in me. The boldness is in the in the revelation knowledge that I received about the blood. The power of the blood. Glory be to God. Jesus. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge. People are rejecting knowledge. That means they don't want to really spend time in the word. All they want is just come to church, somebody lay hands, get healed and get out. And they can't even stand in the line. If there are 10 people standing, well, I don't think I'm going to get prayed today. They want everything quick and easy. You see what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? You need to intentionally spend time in his presence. Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Knowing the truth having a deep understanding, a deep knowing on the inside. When do I know that I know? When do I know I know? When I have confidence. When I have that confidence, that means I know that I know that I know. You shall know the truth. You won't know the truth by just skimming the Bible. You won't know the truth by just reading the Bible as a novel. You will know the truth as you let the Holy Spirit teach you. Read. Wait. Something will catch your attention. Wait. And let Him speak. Let Him give you some understanding. And that truth will build strength and confidence in you. That's when you know that you know that you know. And that truth is what will set you free. Say amen, somebody. It's a revelation. What are we talking about? We're talking about a knowledge that is not acquired through the five senses, but it is, an, it is a knowledge that is deposited from above, from the spirit world. Are you with me, everybody? It's a knowledge or a knowing that comes from God. That's what we're talking about. Look at this. And uh, probably with this we'll close. I've already gone over time. Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. He saith unto them, But whom say that ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Wait. He says, Hey, Simon, this knowing that who I am did not come through the five senses or through scientific deductions. It did not come through 
research and analysis. Are you with me, everybody? Science is based on what? Research and analysis. And for anything that they don't understand, they coin it as metaphysics, which is in the supernatural. They can't deny the supernatural, but they call it metaphysics. But they do acknowledge there is something beyond what their research and analysis can provide. You see? So here, here Jesus is saying, Simon, this understanding, this revelation did not come through your five senses. It came from my Father which is in heaven. That's the knowledge I'm talking about. As you read the Bible, as you study the Word, as you listen to the Word, something will begin to ignite on the inside. A new understanding will come. The same scripture your brother can read or some of your friends can read, they will not understand it the way you do. But it's a revelation that God, the understanding and revelation that God has given you personally. Say Amen. And I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. That means that truth will become so strong in you, that knowledge will become so strong in you, that knowing will become so strong in you, and your confidence level will be so strong and so established that no weapon in heaven, I'm sorry, no weapon in hell and no devil can, will be able to steal it or overpower it. And he says, upon that revelation, upon that knowledge that comes from above, from my Father, I will build my church. Say amen. amen. Revelation knowledge is the key to salvation. It is the key to deliverance. It's a key for protection. It's a key to provision. It's the key to any situation you're facing. We need revelation. That's why it's good to talk to God and find out what He has to say. You know, when you spend time like this, God will begin to speak to you, and you can ask Him questions, and He'll give a revelation to you. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. You know, I remember a time when my, uh, when my uh, uncle's son, who was a little kid, fell off the roof, and he was bleeding from his nose from his ears and from his mouth I think it was 35 feet it was a little kid he fell and uh, my uncle was a doctor they rushed him to the hospital and while they were doing it they called our house to inform my father and my mother and as the, as they were listening as I mean as they were talking I overheard the conversation and I was in the next room and I was reading a book it was a book about People who had died, gone to heaven and come back. And I was so engrossed in it. And as I heard that, I, I overheard the conversation. And when my mother came to the door to inform me, I said, tell them that he will not die. I didn't just say it. I heard it inside me. It's revelation. Did I know anything about what happened? Did I know about anything about the diagnosis or what the condition was? No, but God knows. Hallelujah. We got to learn to grow to the point or to the level where we are walking with the Lord. Walking with the Lord. That we can hear His Him speak to us. That is revelation. And when I can come to that point, I can walk in victory. 
church this is no time for you and I to live in fear not convinced I know some of you will not be convinced so it's not a surprise for me but I'm doing my best to convince you and I'm depending on the Holy Spirit to convince you this is not time to live in fear the only fear we are supposed to entertain is the fear of God not the fear of man not the fear of COVID not the fear of the devil not the fear of nothing except the fear of God as we live in the fear of God every other fear will flee from us amen hallelujah remember you are a covenant child of God and when he cut the covenant he sprint and they sprinkled the blood the blood became their protection and the Bible says there was not one feeble one among them there's not one feeble one among them now every time I read the word feeble I always connected it with what sickness but wait a minute if you look at the word feeble what does that mean weakness there are so many people in the church today that are not sick but they're weak weak in their bones they feel tired very quickly they don't have enough stamina they're just dragging themselves along in life and they keep saying maybe my time is up maybe they don't verbalize it but that's how they think I'm retired I'm at the end no who told you that God has a plan and a purpose for every one of us and I'm not supposed to be living in weakness I'm not supposed to be living in sickness living a life that is always tired with aches and pains in my body just dragging along in life that is not our portion remember they were walking days and nights and there was not one feeble person among them church as we partake of the elements today remember his body was broken and his blood was shed number one to tell us that to remind us that this is a covenant we have with God number two to receive the power in the elements of the covenant the blood is our protection the blood is our entrance into the Holy of Holies the blood of Jesus cries out mercy father forgive them for they know not what they do that's why the Bible says examine yourselves before you partake of that because if we have if we are if we confess our sins he's faithful to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness we can come back into right standing with God and stand on the covenant promises of God and enjoy God's divine blessing protection provision safety and security hallelujah so let's partake of these elements this morning Heavenly Father we thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ your only begotten son whose body was broken by his wounds we are healed by your wounds 
I am healed. Can you say that to yourself? Say it louder. It is written by his wounds. 